Welcome to the Adventure Church Podcast. We're excited you're here, and we hope today's message encourages you, builds your faith, and brings you hope for the future. May God bless you as you listen in to today's message. I want to get back into this message because i got a lot to share, and I, I'm so excited about what God has laid upon my heart. And I, I just want to pray this over you before I get into this word because in, in, in uh, my prayer time this morning, I'll just be honest with you. If you know this song, sing it with me, because God brought me into this this morning. Then let it breathe on me. Let it breathe on me. Let the breath of God now breathe on me. And let it breathe on me. Lord, let it breathe on me. Let the breath of God now breathe on me. How many want the breath of God just to breathe on you? And when I was in my prayer time, God just began to take me through a music class. Draw me close to you. Come on. Never let me go. How many know that song? Yeah. And I just began to sing. And then I ended. I ended it. And I didn't want to end, but I ended it. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. You believe that? Because he lives. All fear is gone because I know, I know he holds the future. That's your future. And life is worth the living just because he lives. You believe that today? If you believe that, come on, give the Lord praise. We can sing that because we can believe that. Because he lives, we can face tomorrow. We can face next week. We can face next month. We can face next year. Why? Because he lives. He says, listen, listen, heaven and earth shall pass away, but his word will never pass. Upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Let me encourage you today. You are the church, and no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Because why? God is building his church, and God never forsakes his church, nor does he ever let the righteous be forsaken forsaken, nor their seed begging for bread, and if God is in the driver's seat, he's not going to lead you down a dead end, but he's going to lead you down the path of righteousness for his name's sake, and where he leads you, he will guide you, and the Bible says he's a good shepherd, he will lead you down the path of righteousness, and says, listen, whatever your need is, I will provide for you at that moment, do not become weary in well-doing, do not become faint, because hold on, hold on. I am in control. I will not abandon you or forsaken you or run from you in the midst of your storm. I am in your boat, and you're not going to sink when the storms come. Come on, give the Lord praise. I'm telling you, I'm just coming fresh out of my prayer time. 
I came here from late to church because, Dan, I'm telling you, man, God just visited me today in my prayer time. Steve, I kid you not. I feel the presence of the Holy Spirit so strong this morning. I tell you, because God wanted me to come to encourage you today. Don't lose hope. Don't lose hope. Don't be rattled. You remember, listen, the Bible says that the enemy is like a lion roaming to and fro, looking for whom he may devour. How does the devil love to devour? He loves to devour you by intimidating you. Don't go by the intimidation. That's exactly what happened to Goliath and David. All the people with the face against Goliath, what did Saul do and all the rest? They retreated every time he started to roar. They were intimidated by the roar of the giant. I'm here to tell you, you are dead. David and God has given you a slingshot. You run to your giant. You run to your mountain. You don't run away from it. You know that you are more than a conqueror. And God said, take aim. Get ready because I'm going to guide the missile. I'm going to guide the rock. And I'm going to slay the giants that are in your life if you do not quit. I'm here to tell you, hang on. God is with you. Oh, I just, whew, I'm just full today. Amen. I got to get into my message now. Amen. <laughs> if you're a visitor here today, that's a prelude. And that was free. Amen. I kid my brother. Every time I sing a song to him, I said, Ricky, you owe me $5. He said, why? I said, because that's a record, uh, recording studio fee. $5 because I sang it to you. That was one bar. If I sing three, three bars, you owe me $15. I said, right now, Rick, you got a deposit right now that you owe me $50 because I sang all those songs to you already. <laughs> so he's going to go broke if I keep singing. Amen. So that was free to you guys. I want to talk to you today about equipped to love, part two. Last week we talked about love. If you have not love, you don't know God, and God is love. And so I want to talk to you today about love, and I want to just kind of recap on some things to lead into love. You know, like David, David said, once he created God and created, made a clean heart, he said, God, then I'll be able to teach transgressors their way. I don't know about you, but my, my father, Harold, my stepfather, Harold, my third father, one of his favorite slogans was that, you, CJ, you learn by going through the school of hard knocks. Have you ever heard that before? You learn by going through the school of hard knocks. And so David went through the school of hard knocks. And because he went through the school of hard knocks, he said in Psalms 51 verse 13, he said, then I'll be able to teach transgressors their ways. But, Lord, until I have learned myself, until I've gone through the streams and through the hardships of my own self, then, God, I'll be able to help others. But we talked about that, about how David now, because he was transformed, changed, and rearranged, he was able to instruct and teach others. You see, here today, you're not only here for the benefit of yourself. You know, a lot of times what we do is we're like sponges. We want to soak it in. We want to take it in. We're like Amy Grant. If you remember Amy Grant, and I know I'm dating myself. I know that maybe the younger folks don't know who Amy Grant was. But back in my era, Amy Grant was popular. Michael W. Smith, Amy Grant, all those guys were popular, right? How many remember that? Come on, give don't make me feel good, amen. Make me feel good. I know I'm dating myself. My expiration date has ran out. Throw me in the garbage, right? But I, that's what Amy Grant, but she sang a song about we're not just a fat little baby. In other words, what that was take, saying is that, that we just don't take it all in, but we also, what we take in, we have to give out. And a lot of times what we do as Christians, we want to just become selfish in what we receive from God. 
But God just doesn't pour it into us to take it all in for ourselves. He pours into us. He pours in, we give out. He pours in, we give out. He pours in, we give out. And God wants us to give out the instructions, the training, and the teaching that we ourselves have learned ourselves. And so our thing is that we are always being recycled with God, that streams of living water flow from within you. And the only way they can flow from within you is that you have a, an attitude of gratitude and that, God, I'm going to always give out. I'm going to give of myself. I'm going to give him my lessons that I learned through made in the school of hard knocks in my own personal life that I can help others in this time of turbulence right now. But if we talked about this three things that brings glory to God in John 15 verse 7. And three things that bring glory to God is this. Number one is this, that we put our faith in him. That the first thing that brings glory to God is that we put our faith in him. We talked about this last week. He was 11.6. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. How many want to bring glory to God? Glory means making God happy. I don't know about you, but I want to make God happy. I want to make God proud of me. Just like your parents, man. You want your kids, you want to make them feel proud of you because you're being good parents. God wants the same way. That you follow him. Matthew 4.19. Come follow me and I will make you fishers of men. It's easy to say, God, I'll follow follow you, but when God calls you to do something, are you willing to sacrifice? Are you willing to lay it down? Are you willing to take up the cross and follow him? And so following God, regardless of the cost, the third thing we talked about last week, and this is where I want to get to, that we live for him. Philippians 1.21, where Paul says, for me to live is Christ and die is gain, that God, I want to live for you, whatever that looks like, however that may be, but God, I want to live for you, that people will see Jesus in me. So that's what we talked about last week. So now I want to piggyback off of living for him, living for the Lord. If you have your Bibles, you can look up on the screen. But in 1 John chapter 2, it talks there very pointedly about living for God. And it says these words, Whoever who we know that we have, we, I got to read it from there. I can't see it. We know that we have come to know Him if we keep His commands. Now get get that. A lot of times when we hear the word commands, all of a sudden the hair at the back of our back starts standing up because it means restrictive and commands. It's an instruction, and so we get a little nervous when we hear that. He says, "Whoever says I know Him but does not do the, His commands, he is like a liar, and the truth is not in that person." So then he goes on to say, the truth is not in that person. Go ahead and turn it. It says, but you got the next one? Okay. All right. But anyone who obeys his word loves God for love for, for love for God is truly made complete in them. This is how we know we are in him. Whoever claims to live in him must live as Jesus did. Now watch this. Dear friends, I am not writing you a new command but an old one which you have had since the beginning. This old command is that message you have heard. So in other words, what he's saying, I'm not writing you a new command. What I'm doing is I'm bringing it back to the forefront. Sometimes, how many of you know that, man, sometimes we put things away and we forget where they were, and, you know, and then we find them, we get excited. Sometimes in our reservoir with God, we forget things that God has maybe taught us or given to us during our younger years of life, and we kind of stuff them away because we're always looking for bigger and better things. But what God is saying here, I'm bringing back to surface. I'm bringing back the basics of life. I'm bringing back the reminders of things that you need to start walking in. That this, this is not an old, a new command. This is an old command that I'm bringing back to the forefront to remind you 
to start walking in this. I like this. His commands are not restrictive. They're not restrictive as some would think, but they are constructive. Now, you got to get that. A lot of times when we hear the word command, the first thing we get is we get nervous. That we think, oh, he's telling me what to do. He's reframing me. He's controlling me. I'm not going to do that. And a lot of times what happens is we take that into our relationship with God, that word command, because, and I want you to hear this, in our natural world, we sometimes feel like he or she is controlling me. My parents are controlling me. And so because I'm controlled by him or I'm controlled by her or my parents are controlling me, we want to always resist or we want to get upset or we want to get angry. And so what happens a lot of times when you hear that word command, all of a sudden you want to bowl up and say, wait a minute. I don't want to do this. You're not going to tell me what to do. Hit the road, Jack, and don't you come back no more. And so we get that kind of attitude. But it's not to restrict us, but it's what is constructive that leads to freedom, joy, and peace. You see, what do you mean, Pastor? You see, listen, how many of you know that if it says 55, 55 miles an hour, and you go 65, and you get pulled over, you deserve a ticket. Right? It's a law. And if you abide by being 55, guess what? You're going to still be in joy. You're going to be in peace. You're going to have freedom. You're not going to be pulled over. It's the same way with God. God lays out a plan for your life to keep you in peace and freedom and in joy. But when you cross over that line, when you cross over that command or that law or that way, what happens is you get burnt. And what happens when you get burnt, you get hurt. And what happens a lot of times with Christians and believers, we get hurt and we get mad at God when God says, wait a minute, I laid out the plans for you. Man, I have ten grandbabies. Excuse me, nine. Maybe ten, maybe I'm prophesying another. <laughs> Amen. But I have nine grandbabies. In all my years of raising my grandbabies, my oldest is ten years old. You know what? I have never had to paddle any one of my grandkids. When I had went to Wisconsin Dells, one of my little grandbabies, man, she was just man, being a little turkey head, just being a turkey head, waiting to get on the rides at Noah's Ark, one ride to another ride. And, you know, to get on a ride, it takes 30 minutes or better to get on each ride. And they hear her crying the whole time, getting on that ride, then the next ride. And then we, man, go get some food, and then she's crying in line. So finally I had enough. For the first time, for the first time ever, Papa had to swat her on the butt. And you know what it did? It crushed me because I had a swatter. But you know what it did? It lined her up. And the whole rest of that camping trip, she was like an angel. Sometimes what happens is when we get out of bounds with God and we get out of his ways or his commands or his laws or his direction for our lives, we get hurt, and we blame it on God. When God didn't have anything to do with it, he laid out the blueprint for our lives to follow in this way. But because we want to be so independent, we want to be individuals, we don't want to follow rules or guidance, then we find ourselves outside the bounds, and then we get hurt. And the first thing we, God, you ever get blamed for something you didn't do? And that's what sometimes God feels like. 
why am I getting blamed for something I didn't do when I leave out the instructions for you and we get mad at God? And he goes on to say, I love this. When we hear the words command, a lot of times we feel like rebelling because it's telling us what to do or telling us to be something. How many of you know that's true? You know, a lot of times what happens is uh, in relationships, in relationships because maybe we had a bad experience in relationships, and a lot of times, man, I counsel all the time. I counsel constantly. A lot of people say, well, pastors, what do pastors do behind the scenes? First of all, for me to write a sermon, it takes me like 16 hours to write, and then to memorize it, and then all the things that we have to do, and get it on this and that and that and the other thing. So it takes a long time to even do a sermon. I want to say this to you. How many have ever had to write a thesis paper? And you know how long it takes to write a thesis paper? Anya, you've done that. It takes a long time. Think about a pastor who has to write a thesis paper three times a week. And so, so what I do is I write thesis papers, but then I counsel. But in, when I counsel, you know what I counsel a lot about? Broken relationships. Now, I want you to hear this. In counseling, a lot of times it's about broken relationships. And when there's broken relationships, guess what that usually means? There's been broken trust, broken loyalty, all these things that lead into broken relationships. So because people have been hurt physically with broken trust and broken loyalty and commitment, all these things, guess what they do? They take that experience in their relationship with God. And so because they take that experience in with their relationship with God, they do like this. They keep God at an arm's length. And they're like Beth Midler. God is watching me. And God doesn't want to just watch you. He wants to have a relationship with you. You see, listen, there's two things about relationship with God. There's religion. Religion means Man search for God, that I'm searching out for God, I'm seeking out God. But then there's religion or there's a relationship. A relationship, God says, I'm not keeping you at arm's length. Lord, I'm inviting you in. I'm joining forces with you. I'm making a union with you. I'm becoming one with you, God. And I'm letting go of my prejudice, letting go of my hurt, letting go of my mistrust so that, God, you can take all of me. You see, God doesn't want partnership. Now, you got to get this. God doesn't want partnership with your life. He wants ownership. He wants ownership with you. So many times we are selective with what we give God. And God said, listen, all you have to do is empty out and give me your all, and I'll give you something greater in return. But so many times we're afraid to give God what God wants from us because of our hurts. I love this. Jesus does not want to control you. He doesn't want to control you, but to guide you into all truth that brings joy, peace, and freedom. How many know that's true about Jesus? He doesn't want to control you. After all, that's why the Bible says he that the Son sets free is what? Free indeed. If Jesus wanted to control you, every one of us would have strings on our legs and our arms and we'll be puppets. 
But Jesus gives us the freedom to choose. He gives us a free will. He doesn't twist our arms. He doesn't force us to follow him. He gives us the freedom to follow him. And as we follow him, I surrender and I yield to you, God, in all that you ask of me. And as I do, then God is going to bring joy. It's going to bring peace and freedom in my life. That's what God wants to do. But notice verse 7. Verse 7 says in that, that, that chapter, he said, I bring a new command to you. It's not a new command. It's an old command, but I'm bringing it back up as new. And what is that new command or that old command that's bringing back up to the surface? To start loving again. To start loving again. If there's a time in our lives right now, church, to love, it's right now. Our time right now in our society as a church to show our fruit, to bear witness for God is right now. It's not a time to scatter. It's a time to gather. It's a time to show our love and support to one another, not to put down or criticize or, man, this or that and the other thing or label people. It's a time to embrace. It's a time to support. All through the years, I've been saying to you since I've been here as pastor, three years, you know, it's, it's three years to the date. I thought it was today, but actually it's next week. So I, I correct myself uh, for you. It's next week. August 5th is my three-year anniversary, Sharon Ives. And, you know, one of the things I've been saying for three years, that this church, Adventure Church, is the book of Acts. How many remember when I say this all the time? We're the book of Acts, Gail. Good to see you, matter of fact, Gail, that we're the book of Acts. And in the book of Acts, there's been good times and there's been bad times. There's been bountiful times and there's been lack. But if you ever notice in the book of Acts, they've been always under persecution and hardship. And so here's my challenge to you. If you're looking for excitement or a new uh, devotional opportunity, read the book of Acts. Because if the book of Acts shows you exactly what the church today is going through. The hardships, the persecution, the suffering that we're going through is exactly what the book of Acts did. But here's the difference between this church, not our church, but the church in general in the world. The difference between the church in general in the world to the book of Acts, the church in general in the world today is separating, dividing, holding grudges, and being angry and upset at each other. But in the book of Acts, when they were under fire and under pressure, guess what they did? They didn't scatter, but they gathered. They rallied to one another. They sold their possessions and they gave to the poor. They did all these things. They prayed and the place that they were praying was shaken. And what happened was this. The Bible says in persecution now, get this, in persecution, in the book of Acts, they didn't scatter, they gathered. And they were added 3,000, 5,000 people daily under persecution. Are we not under persecution right now? Are we not under fire right now? Are we not being stretched right now? Are we not being challenged right now? My poor son, man, I just want to let you know this right now because you know it's coming, but I want to prepare you. I don't want you to get all upset and mad and grumpy at one another. I don't want to hear a bunch of opinions. It's coming. Hey, we are fortunate here in Siren, Wisconsin. You go and be in Minnesota where my son is right now. He called me up and said, Dad, man, we're under a pressure like never before in the church. They're now making the churches wear masks. 
and we think we got it bad right now. Folks, listen. It's not going to get better. It's going to get worse first. And it's not a time for the church to divide, separate, and scatter. It's a time for the church to rally, to come together in one accord. It's time to let the world know that we are the light of the world, that we are not the world that's angered, hatred, and bitter, but we are rallied to one another, that we're going to support one another, that we're going to love one another, that we're going to back one another. We're not going to put down one another. The world puts us down enough. We don't need to do that here. Somebody say amen. Amen. So I want to encourage you. I want to let you know it's coming. It's coming that you're going to probably hear me on Facebook. Guys, pull up your mask. And I pray that we don't render and not come and we get all rebellious because we have to do this. But no, we're going to stand up and we're going to hold our head high and no weapon formed against the church shall or will prosper. We are the church upon this rock. I will build my church, my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Are we not walking in the hell stage right now? Is the enemy not bombarding us right now? Is he not coming at us every angle that he can? He's trying to separate and divide the church but I'm here to tell you right now it's time that we pull out our rallying flags that we put on our rally caps and we say devil you can come at me with swords and spears but I come against you in the name of Jesus no weapon no word no deed no thought shall come against me in Jesus name we need to rise up I want to encourage you let's put away these things and look what it says in 1st John chapter 2 Verse 8 and through 11. I love this. Got to get this. He said, he's talking about the command. Yet I am writing you a new command. Its truth is seen in him and in you. In other words, the truth is seen in him and in you. How can people know Jesus if we're being just like them? It's like I said last week, we got to have a Joshua spirit, a different kind of spirit that's leading the charge and not the other ten spies that go back and say we can't do it. But we need a Caleb and we need a Joshua in the camp. And he says this, because the darkness is passing and the true light is already shining. Got to get this now. But anyone who hates a brother or sister is in the darkness and walks around in the darkness. They do not know where they are going because the darkness has blinded them. I think it's getting kind of cloudy outside right now. What's starting to creep into our society right now? What's starting to creep into the churches right now? What's starting to creep into your life right now? A little bit of yeast works through a whole batch of dough. And when you allow bitterness and anger and resentment, the enemy, listen, the enemy doesn't fight fair. He doesn't take an inch when he gets in. He takes a mile. He consumes you. A little snake bite can put you down. And a little bit of bitterness and anger can take you away from the house of God, brothers and sisters of Christ Jesus, and most of all, from God himself. And a little bit of yeast 
And what happens is when we start walking in these things, we start walking out of the light into the darkness. And that's exactly what the enemy wants you to do. He wants to pull you out of the light because the light makes things visible in your life. But then he goes on to say, but anyone who hates a brother or sister is in the darkness because they have darkness that blinded them. Notice this new law is a command. It's for you and me that was given to us by the Lord. It was given to us by the Lord. If we are not walking in the light of love, we are walking in darkness. We are walking in darkness. Is that what was happening right now in our world today? Isn't that what's happening right now in our world today? Isn't that what's going on? If we are not walking in the light, how can we expect others to walk in the light? That is what's happening in our world right now. Man, we're not walking in the light. We're not walking in, in the joy and the peace that Jesus offers to us. But we're starting to walk in darkness. And it's starting to get cloudy. And the rain is coming. And the thunderstorms are happening. And the wind is blowing. And the anger and the fists are flying. Because we're walking out of that new command, an old command, but a new command that we drifted so far away, as it say, out of sight, out of mind, and we've forgotten the things that God has pointed us to. We've forgotten the things that God has told us to make our foundation built on. And say, listen, heaven and earth shall pass away, but his word will never pass. What does his word say? You can have faith hope and love but the greatest of these is love first corinthians 13 13 that you gotta have love without love you are nothing but what is darkness darkness is this darkness is all we'll go back to that darkness is all the hatred get this darkness is all the hatred bitterness rage and anger that we are seeing now you see there's two things that we have a choice to make about. And I want you to hear this. We can join the world and be angry, upset, and mad with them. Or we can go against the flow. No one ever said it was going to be easy being a Christian. John the Baptist asked him. Asked Stephen who was stoned to death because he was following Jesus. I don't want to be like Peter and had the rooster crow three times because I denied Christ when the pressure was on. Listen, folks, your pastor's trying to tell you something. That's why 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 12 tells us, don't be surprised. Don't be surprised or caught off guard by the attacks of the enemy. They're going to come. But you stay steadfast. Isn't that why there's bitterness and anger? That's why we, because we are walking in the light of love. We are not walking in the light of love. That is what happens. We can never experience the fullness of God if we are not loving and forgiving one another. How many of you know that's true? We can never experience the fullness of God if we are not walking in love for God. How many of you ever watched the movie Duck Dynasty? The show Duck Dynasty. I'll tell you, I, I love it. It's, it's all just, man, just spontaneous. and They're silly. I like, I like Psy and you know, someone can disagree, like, but that's clean, whatever. And so anyways, the other day I was watching an episode. It was so funny. They have their property, and they went out on their property, and uh, they had a beaver dam, this big old beaver dam that was blocking up their pond, and they couldn't get water into it, so their pond was becoming all musty, and all the sewage was on top of it, and the green was growing in it. 
So they discovered that they had this huge beaver dam that was stopping the growth into their pond. So you know what they did? You know what they did. They're crazy, right? They're the craziest guys. You never know. But they took this thing, and they loaded it up with dynamite, put it all in there, and they stood about 100 yards away, and they shot into that beaver dam. Bam. And lo and behold, guess what happened? <laughs> of course, sorry. We took care of that guy. Okay. Okay. You know. And you know what happened? It began to flow again. But you know what came to my mind? It's a beaver dam. You know what the beaver does? We have a beaver that's out by Voyager Village. And I kid you not, every time Cheryl and I go for a walk, we go by this little stream. It took down a big birch tree. And I mean the trunk must have had been 14 inches wide. It took it down. But one of the things I've noticed, every time we walk by that tree, guess what that beaver has done? It's taken one branch off and has pulled it over to the dam where he's building there in, in, in uh, Voyager Village. And you know what God showed me? That's exactly, now get this, it's exactly what the enemy does to us. You got to get this. You notice he don't take the whole banana at one time because then it become obvious. It become obvious. Man, if you punch me in the face, man, okay, great, I'm, I'm going to punch you back. But you notice what the beaver does? It's one stick at a time. And the Lord showed me, Dan, that's exactly what the enemy does. It gets you irritated, Randy, one stick at a time. And eventually, as it gets you irritated one stick at a time, Adam, guess what it's doing? It's damming up, Donnie, the flow of God's spirit in your life. But here's the bad part about it. The bad part about it, it was so subtle that you didn't even know it was happening. Until, until. You started feeling dry. You started feeling absence from God. Where's your voice, God? Where's your presence, God? Where's the joy, God? Where's the excitement, God, in serving you? Why? Because one stick at a time stopped the flow of the Spirit. And that's why it says in John chapter 7, verse 38, that streams of living water will flow from within you. Unforgiveness stops the flow of God's spirit in your life. You are the pond to which God flows, God's streams flow into. Let us not be walking in darkness by hating, by hating and not loving, but be light by loving and forgiving. When we walk in light, we go back. When we walk in light, we attract the crazies. How many know that's that's true? But listen to this: just like light attracts a lot of bugs. Isn't that true? So expect it. That's why it says, it says, dear friends, 1 John 4, dear friends, let us love one another. For love comes from God. He's instilled it in us. I'm a lover and I'm not a fighter. You get more things done with honey than you do with vinegar. And love is the honey. Hatred is the bitter vinegar that makes people frown and bow up and retaliate. That's why Jesus said, any of you, Andy, any of you, Jamie, any of you 
without sin. Let him cast Daniel the first stone. We're so ready to throw the stones. And all those Pharisees and Sadducees, guess what they did? It's time we stop throwing stones and start embracing and start loving again. Get back to not a new command, but an old command that God is bringing back to the forefront. Let's walk in love. Let us walk in love. I got to read the end of this because you got to get this. Anyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. This is how God, lo God showed his love, his love amongst us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love, that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for us. Dear friends, since God so loved us, Here's the challenge to you. It's not a suggestion. It's not a saying maybe or he's saying it's okay or it's a command to keep you in peace, joy, and freedom in your life. Some of you are so wound up. I remember when I was a kid, Maybe you remember this day, you just get those little, those airplanes, those real light balsam wood airplanes, and they had a rubber band, and you wind them up. And man, I'd grind that bugger up till that rubber band almost broke. And boy, the tension on that rubber band, and once I let that, that propeller go and flew that airplane, the propeller went, and that plane just took off. Some of you are so wound up. You gotta let it go. Let it go. Let me ask you something. What payout are you getting from it besides anxiety, depression, discouragement, anger, and defeat? Does that sound like a good payout? Is it worth it? That's why Jesus said, Come unto me, cast it up my feet. And we're carrying, and we're a society right now that we are so, hear your pastor. Please hear me today. I'm not trying to step on your bunions. I'm trying to bring revelation to you because I'm trying to make you aware. We are so right now a society that we are so offended, so easy. Our husband and wife says something, we get offended, we want to pounce on them. Our kids say something, bam, hey, listen. We're all in this together. We need to be understanding of each other, be sympathetic of each other, not angry at each other. Because listen, when I lose your, you ever you lose your family, you lost it all. Because listen, your friends, when you go through bad times and hardships in your life, they will bail on you. Trust me, I know that. When I went through my two years of sabbatical, every pastor that I helped in my own life, every pastor, get this, every pastor. Every pastor bailed from me. All my friends, Andy, bailed from me. The only thing that I had left 
was my family. And I'm here to tell you today, you need one another. You're not a punching bag. You're a loving bag. I love you. I love you. I love you. Mm. You get it? I'm bearing my heart. I told my board today. You should have been with me in prayer this morning. Your pastor loves you so much. I don't want you to get caught in the snares, Mike, of the enemy. One stick at a time. Oh, please hear your pastor. I got to close. I know people, it's, it's time. People don't care how much you, people don't care about how much you know, but how much you love and care and forgive. The only way people can see God is the way God lives in you. And I'll get this. And out of you. What do you mean, out of you? Out of the overflow of your heart, your mouth speaks. What's inside your heart is going to come out of you. That's the reflection of God. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, self-control. Thank you, that's what it's all about. I'd encourage you today. Let's take off our gloves. Let's be a church that starts loving. We're the book of Acts. Let's not scatter, but let's gather. Let's be forewarned of what's coming. That's what prophetic was. They were forewarnings. I'm telling you, I'm being prophetic right now. I'm forewarning you. It's going to get worse before it gets better. Get ready. Fasten your seatbelt. Hold on for the ride. But in the end, it's going to be peace. But we need to stand strong, united together as one, and not divide it. The church is the church, and we represent Jesus Christ, and Jesus lives in us. Let our light shine before men, that they may see the good works and deeds in our life, and most of all, that they may see Jesus living and reigning and ruling in us. And because they see Jesus in us, they're going to want us. Because why? We our light, and light attracts bugs. And the bugs of the world that need to know Jesus. And we need to rise up. So I close with this, and I do close. Jump way over, uh, Dawn, to how did Jesus live and walk? When I start writing, I kid you not. This what I'm preaching right now, Bob, is not what I was going to preach. I, I was going to go somewhere else. I told my staff. Every time I go into my closet, even at our staff meeting on Tuesday, it was so amazing. Right there in the staff meeting, the Holy Spirit, Andrew, tell you, Holy Spirit came on me so strong. All of a sudden, I just was took, taken over by the Spirit. I, I had to stop. God just begins to speak. I don't know what it is. Sometimes I, I just feel like, man, the electricity just goes, wham, comes through my, man, I'm sitting there in a chair in staff meeting, the Holy Spirit, man, bam. He wants to pour it out on you today. God is not a respecter of person. He loves you just as much as he loves me. Church, 
Receive his love. Hear your pastor today. Don't get caught up and be blindsided and caught up in the snares and the wilds of the enemy. Don't be caught up in bitterness, hatred, and anger. Don't be gone scared or gone astray. Let's gather together. Let's be in one accord and let's be the church. So how did Jesus walk? And I close. I promise you. That's just how it happens. I get full and I... How did Jesus live and walk? Number one, he walked full of love. He walked full of love. Two, he forgave one another. He forgave one another. Who do you need forgiveness right now? Who do you need to forgive? Who do you need to call? You know what happened to me at staff meeting? I'll tell you exactly what happened. All of a sudden, the Holy Spirit came on me. And right then and there, God gave me our new sermon series. It was called Rebuilding. It's time to rebuild. You know what God told me? Right there sitting in the seat, I had to take a praise break in front of my staff because he was speaking to me. Oh, I kid you not. And you know what he showed me? You know what he showed me? One of the things that we need to start rebuilding in is in relationships. How many know through this pandemic that our relationships with friends have been separated and divided? Even angered and mad at each other because you have two different opinions. Except one another. That's how Jesus walked. Get this one. He was not easily angered. You know what anger is? All anger is is a defense mechanism to keep you away from people away from you. That you want you don't want to let them in. So all it is is just a defense mechanism that I'm going to roar louder than you are to push you away so you don't get into my inner circle. That's all anger is. He was full of kind and compassionate to all. Now listen to this. He did not waver in who he was in tough times. Church, let's not waver. Let's be the church. Stop wearing your feelings on your sleeves. Stop being so offended so easily. Stop being so angered so easily. When you start seeing things through the eyes of the Lord, things start changing. After all, Jesus loved the unlovable. Jesus forgave the unforgivable. Jesus accepted the unacceptable. He accepted you, and we should accept them. So, folks, it's coming. Please don't rise up in rebellion and make a big, hey, let's be the church. Let's not scatter. Let's gather. Will you stand with me today? you believe I had three more pages to preach? I won't get that done because I got another segment. I, I hope you hear your pastor today. 
I mean this every time I say this. Every time. I cannot say it, Quinn, how much I love you guys. I can't say it enough, Judy. I mean it with all my heart. And I want to keep you. That's the role of the pastor. The role of the pastor is to lead his sheep to greeter pastors. But I think that I, when they talk about the five-fold ministries, the pastor, evangelist, the, the prophetic, all that kind of stuff, the teacher, I think that really seriously I have four out of the five. And today, what you heard today is not only being a shepherd that's leading you to green pastures. I want you to get this. I was being prophetic to try to lead you, to help you, and to prevent you from having accidents in your life. You can take it or leave it, one ear and out the other. It's up to you. But I want to prevent you from being hurt. Why? Because I love you. And if I've offended you, I mean this with all my heart. If I've offended you in any way, shape, or form by opinions or things that said or decisions that we had to make as leadership, and you didn't like we had to do this, we had to do that. If I've offended you, I'll be the first one to tell you I'm sorry. Because I don't want anything between us. Because we got a war to fight. And we got a war, a world to win. Amen? A world to win. Father, I thank you. I cover each and every individual here today with the blood of Jesus. I cover them with the blood from the crowns of their head to the soles of their feet. That, Lord, right now, in Jesus' name, that you would give them the strength to win this fight. They win it through trusting you and walking in love, not getting out of peace, not getting out of joy, but following your instructions. If we follow the instructions, we're going to remain in peace and love and joy. I pray in Jesus' name right now, if this is for you, receive it. There are individuals here in this room that need to let go of anger, rage, and bitterness. And I pray that right now they will be stripped of that in Jesus' name, that God, that you will fill them up with joy, unspeakable and full of glory. Now that you will let the sunrise rise up in them again. It's been always, God, the sun has been down. But today, Father, you're bringing the sunrise back in their life. Not the S-U-N, but the S-O-N is rising back up in them again from the crowns of their head to the soles of their feet, from the soles of their feet to the crowns of their head. It's rising back up within them again in Jesus' name. I pray for those that are going through financial struggles. That, God, you would open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing upon them. If that's you, receive that right now. I pray if there are those here today, God, that are going through sickness in their body, whatever it may be, Lord, that you right now heal, touch, and minister to them right now. I thank you that you're the great shepherd, that you lack nothing. And, Lord, we can call upon your name in our time of need, and you will always hear the cries and the prayers of the righteous. So, Father, bless, touch, and heal those here today. Go with us now. And keep us unified and together as one in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, now let's give the Lord praise. Can we do that? God bless you today. God bless you. Know that you're loved. Hey, don't forget August 9th, you'll see a video come out next week. Share it with others. Let's get all our church together at the park. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you for listening to this week's message from Adventure Church. 
If this ministry has blessed you in any way, please consider supporting us. You can make an easy and safe donation on our website, www.adventurechurchsiren.com give. Thank you for your generous donation. 